Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Blake and Boomer are here for all of your weekly winners. Let's fatten up your wallet. Welcome back, my friends. It's the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. It has been way too damn long. It's Blake. It's Boomer. College football season is officially back, and so are we. Boomer, so happy that you're back, man. What's going on? Yeah, not much. Just uh, want to give you a big old Merry Christmas, you know, to the season and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I feel I mean, like, we, uh, missed, we missed it all. Uh, last year was a rough year for us, uh, but that's in the past now. We're, uh, as Bill Belichick says, we're on to 2018. Um, as you can hear my dog barking in the background, that's fun. Uh, he knows about these winners that we're about to throw out. He's excited. I'm excited. Boomer's excited. It's a Deep Fried Bets podcast. It's been too long, like I said. Uh, we've got... The college football season is starting, guys. I mean, it officially started last weekend with that week zero nonsense, but that was even weaker than last year's week zero somehow. Um, yeah, so we didn't really do anything with that. We're not going to – you got to throw some quality football at us before we're going to get into it. But Well, on week zero, I mean, it all catches the same. We always say that. And uh, last week we had a taste of, you know, you had to get creative. You had to mix a little, uh, little horse racing in on top of some of the Cowboys bets. I mean, did anything stand out to you last weekend? Oh yeah, I, I mean, you know, I was I was chomping at the bit to uh, to get on here and just give it out to the people, but I didn't want the line to move too much, so I apologize for that. But uh, Catholic boy, seven to one odds in the Traveler Stakes cashed out. Oh, you're going horse racing win last week. Okay, that was that was this was last week. Now I went ahead, rolled those winnings into uh, the Cowboys of Wyoming, and. Uh, Man, they look, they look pretty damn good. They look good enough to uh, change the public's mind this week. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that was a good bet. Um, crazy what happens when you get rid of Josh Allen. Good luck with that, Buffalo. Um, no, no, they got Nathan Peterman. Buffalo's fine. Okay, Nathan Peterman and his five interceptions. I mean, that's better than uh, than your boy Josh Allen. But anyways, it's the Deep Fried Bets podcast. If you've never tuned in to us before, let me kind of give you a rundown of what we do here. So, me and Boomer, we uh, we're gambling experts. Don't don't listen to anybody else. I mean, don't let anybody tell you anything different. We are experts at this. Uh, put in the hours, do the research. We even throw in little white lab coats when we do the research. But anyway, so let's get into it. So it's a college football season. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to we're going to give you our preview. You know, we're going to give you some teams we're excited about, some teams we think are a little overrated. You know, some playoff teams, a national champion. Then we're going to get into week one. Uh, as Boomer always says, he's more of a week-to-week kind of guy. He doesn't do uh, the long plays. He likes the short-term stuff. But at the end of our at our show, what we do every week is what's called the vault, uh, which is our five favorite like off-the-board games. And what we're going to do, we're going to give you the best games of the week every week because those are the ones you're going to be watching anyway, so you got to have some money on it. We're going to take care of that for you. Then at the very end, we give you what's called, I mean, it's a listener's favorite. It's the best thing about it. It's the Stone Cold Steve Austin Lock of the Week. It gets you fired up, ready for your weekend. But we'll get to all that shortly. Uh, usually we have some guests, but this week, I figured since it was our first time back in a while, we kind of kind of do it, uh, just me and Boomer. And next week, we'll get in with some guests. Uh, let me know if you got any ideas who you want to hear. Last year, we had... Chris Felica, the bear from game day on the show, which was awesome. Um, had Spencer Hall on in the past from SB Nation. All kind of David great. Purdom. Yeah, David per- Payne Purdom from ESPN Chalk. I mean, we've had some awesome guests on, uh, so we're going to keep those coming to you. Let us know who you want to hear. 
But boom, let's get into it. I mean, we we hit on a little bit of week zero last or a few minutes ago, which was last weekend, but didn't do anything to get us too excited. But week one is officially here. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday night. Uh, by the time you wake up Thursday morning, you'll have this in your inbox. Be sure to subscribe if you're not already. But uh, Thursday night football. And uh, we got Northwestern Purdue, which was, you know, I guess, the marquee game of Thursday night. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's kind of take an overview of the season. Uh, so 2018 is upon us. You know, 2017, we hadn't talked to you since uh, Tua came in. It was Tua time. It should have been Tua time a long time before it was. But uh, Tua Tagovailoa dropping bombs in the national championship game. Alabama, all your national champions, I got it right again. Uh, it's pretty easy when you pick Alabama. You're going to get it right more than you're going to get it wrong. But And in case, just to stop you right there, in case you are still listening, this is not just an Alabama football podcast. This is a gambling podcast where we talk about several other teams besides Alabama because Alabama really doesn't bring too much value to most no, of the people. they don't. The- He's right. And just to kind of preface it again, if you've never listened to us before, Boomer's an Auburn graduate. I'm an Alabama graduate. So we have a little fun with that. But we really do try to keep our uh, our hearts out of it. Uh, we try to bet with our heads, not with our hearts. And obviously there's going to be some times where that gets in the way. So we – we try to pick, stay away from the Alabama and Auburn stuff as, in terms of, you know, we, we look for value. We want to win money just as much as you do, and that's why we're giving you winners. So, Boom, let's go ahead and take a, kind of an overview of the 2018 season. Uh, you know, going to be great. A lot of great returning guys. Um, a lot of crazy storylines in the offseason, the Maryland crap and the, the Ohio State crap, like terrible situations at both of those places. But, like, finally we can suit up and play some football, and we don't have to listen to that anymore. But, you know, on that note, who are some teams that you're kind of looking at going into the season that the public might not be, you know, all over, might not be hearing a lot about, but you think you're going to have some value the first couple weeks into the season? Well, pretty much uh, you're going to have to look at teams that are not currently ranked in the top five, pretty much in the top ten. Over the past 20 years, I believe uh, only one or two times has it happened where – the top four teams that have started the season have finished the season as the top four teams. So immediately I'm going to value. I'm looking outside of that team that stands out to me is Penn state. Obviously okay. it's not too much of a shocker, but you can get them at plus 3000 to win uh, the playoff. Oh, you're talking what about you're looking a full national champion here. I was just kind of talking about a week to week sleeper early on in the year. Oh, week to week sleeper. All right. I'll, I'll go to that first. Then Boston college, is going to be a sleeper this yep. year. I I've think Adazio, Adazio is, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. He's got the defense built up. They were uh, they were kind of uh, a sleeper a little bit last year, just didn't have that little extra effort to push them over the top. Um, this week, do I think they'll cover? Uh, I wouldn't really bet on that, but I believe that their season win total is, do you have that in front of you? I can get it up real quick. I, I believe it is six and a half. I'll have to go back and check. This but I right. think if you if you want to go ahead and hop in, get that, I believe that they will hit that probably three quarters through the year. Then at the end of the year, you'll have a little bit of hedge money with it. Um, I, lo- I like Cal. You might hear that later on in the podcast. But love the Cal over there at five and a half right now. Um I think the schedule sets up perfectly. Obviously, the Pac-12 is always top-heavy. 
I think that, uh, you know, they're going to have the firepower this year to maybe sneak up and get a win against Stanford, potentially get a win against USC. But over there, I, I think uh, I think it's a solid play. Yeah, you got Boston College over six and point over six and a half is minus two twenty. So it looks like some some other folks agree with you out there. But they've got a AJ Dillon, the running back at Boston College, currently plus eight thousand win the Heisman. What ahead of guys like Mackenzie Milton, Sam Ellinger, DeAndre Francois, Drew Lott, Kelly Bryant. So I mean, he's he's getting some play there. Sorry, Boom. Go ahead. Yeah, I think um, also Florida State. Now, Florida State is not a sleeper team, but I don't think they're getting the respect that they should be getting. If you remember last year, they were ranked third going into the damn season. Now, now they have Francois back, who they had for three quarters against Alabama yep. last year. Yep. They have Willie Taggart coming in. I think that that's going to mesh extremely well with the skill set they already have there. I agree. Defense, a great they have they have athletes. Uh, I think that the Jimbo Fisher effect is going to wear off fairly quickly. Uh, right now, you got Florida State at seven and a half win total. Also, that's I think a, yeah, you, ta- you take the over there all day. Yeah, that's an easy over. Um, so you, you like Florida State, Cal, Boston College. Anybody else you want to throw at us? Those are going to be the three main teams that I'm going to pretty much be on on a week-to-week basis, depending on what the spread is. But, uh, I mean, obviously you'll have others emerge. Those are the only legitimate ones that could end up making an impact. Okay. I got you. So I, got I think you. that Boston College, you might look at them to maybe take a ACC um, championship at, let's see, I think – hundred to one, something like that. You're that confident, huh? Oh, well, I say you know it's, it's a flyer. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Obviously, they've got hundred to one odds. You get there, you <laughs> it's not a given. But uh, you know, if you get it this early in the season, then you got a little bit of value. You can play somewhere in the middle. That's true. So I like the Boston College. I had them written down as one of my sleepers too. Um, USC does that count as a sleeper? Uh, they returned 13 starters. And this JT Daniels kid, so I don't know if you know the story on him. You know, he's he's starting quarterback Saturday for USC. True freshman. He's supposed to be starting his senior year of high school right now. He reclassified at the end of his junior year to to be a uh, freshman in high or a freshman in college. So, like I said, he's supposed to be starting his senior year of high school right now, but instead he's starting for USC. Um, it's going to take a little bit to ease him in. He's got UNLV this weekend, so he'll take some lumps. And then I think they're right at Texas next week or the week after. So he'll uh, he'll get he'll get thrown into the fire pretty early. But I think people are sleeping I think that, that that could go south a hell of a lot quicker than it could go good for them. I don't know. I mean, I think people are freaking out about it a little bit too much. Um, you know, they're ranked in the mid-teens. They return a lot of talent. Like I said, 13 guys. Um, I mean, I think... You know, like I said, this kid, you saw last year what freshman quarterbacks can do and Jake Fromm and Tua, you know, a lot of those guys, like they can make an impact. This isn't the 60s anymore where you got to sit for two, three years before you can get in. Anyways, USC is kind of one of my bigger teams. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention them, Boom. I don't know if you can sleep on them, but I think Michigan's going to be better than they have been in the past couple of years under Harbaugh. Um, Michigan is not a sleeper this year. 
No, but I mean, in terms of they're not getting the height they have the past couple of years, I guess a couple of fourth and third place finishes will do that to you. But uh, you, you have a great point. I think uh, I think Alabama is going to be a sleeper this year. I, have, I just have a strange thought that they're going to somehow sneak in. That's pretty crazy thought, playoff man. like they did last That's year. That's pretty crazy thought. But you know, I have a, I have a thought process behind it. Michigan isn't getting as much love as they have in the past couple of years. And maybe this is probably going to be Harbaugh's best team at Michigan. Uh, North Texas is another team. Uh, Seth Luttrell is a head coach over there. He's going to be moving up soon. This is probably his last year at North Texas. Um, I could see him taking maybe that Kansas job if it comes open, uh, something like that. So he's going to score a lot of points. North Texas, Mean Green. Wake Forest, they're going to score a lot of points under Dave Clawson as well. Uh Got their all-world receiver coming back from a freak injury. It was pretty crazy to read about. Uh, so the Demon Deacons, you know, Clawson has he's turned programs around everywhere he's went, and he's gotten to like a, a certain win plateau. I think they uh, they stand out a little bit in the ACC this year. So those are some sleepers I've got for you to look at. Um, let's take a look at some of the overrated teams, Boom. Uh, you know, the top 25 came out the other day. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Wisconsin, you know, some of the – the regular guys you expect to see up there in the top four to five. Um, Georgia's up there. Who, who are some teams that you're looking at and you're thinking that, you know, pump the brakes a little bit and you're going to have some value on the opposing sidelines? Um, starting out immediately with Wisconsin, I have never been a Wisconsin fan. I don't think I've gambled on them in a single game in my career. Uh, yeah, they've got uh, Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be great at running back. They've got a solid – Offensive line and defensive line. Other than that, they have zero athletes. Yes, they play in probably the weakest division that, uh, That's the in team. the top in the Power Five. Now, I, I agree, but they definitely have potential to slip up uh, down the road. I do not see them in the playoffs whatsoever. I think that they're out of the playoffs by November. Anybody else? Well, I would say Oklahoma also, just because you know you lose you lose my boy Baker Mayfield, just the heart and soul of a program, yeah. and uh, you know you got the Murray kid stepping in, and he seems fine and and, and great, but not really battle tested. He's already got ten million dollars in his back pocket. Uh, he's going to be trying to protect himself. I sure as hell would. I think they have less athletes across the board than they did last year. Now, once again, super weak conference. I do potentially see West Virginia winning that conference, which totally, of course, would knock Oklahoma out if that conference even gets a playoff spot. See, I'm with you. I had Oklahoma written down as well as one of my overrated teams. I still think they're going to do fine. Kyler Murray is a hell of an athlete. He was the number one overall recruit a couple years ago. Um, And like you said, signed a pick ninth overall in the MLB draft by the Athletics. I mean, who in the hell does that? I mean, I think you hit it. I mean, that was the point I was going to make, too. He's, you know, kind of in the back of his head, he's going to be sitting there like, all right, just don't blow out my knee. You know, I got spring training coming up. Because he's already said, pretty much no matter what, this is my last season at OU. I'm going to play football. Then I'm going to go play baseball. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, that's there's got to be something in the back of your head saying, like, don't mess this up. You got spring training coming up. Like, don't take that hit right there. And he's going to, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just me. Looking way too much into it, but I think Oklahoma slips up one or two, or maybe two, two or three times. You you also are another year removed from Bob Stoops controlling that program, and the yeah. further away you get from that, the more you see how the 
new face of the program yeah. is going to develop talent. You're right. Um, I mean, Baker Mayfield's a college football Hall of Famer, no doubt about it, and those aren't, you know, growing on trees. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, I think Baker was the face last year. You're right, and Lincoln got a lot of credit for it, but how does he adjust when he doesn't have that guy who is more we're all picking in the NFL draft? I mean, we'll see. I, I, did, I didn't see a ton of scheming from Lincoln Riley last year. I mean, Baker Mayfield made some damn plays. Yeah. And in that Georgia game, it was Baker Mayfield versus the entire Georgia yeah, football team. I agree. Team. Lincoln Riley lost in that game. Um, but Oklahoma's a team. I think Ohio State will struggle a little bit. Um, not really necessarily because of the Urban Meyer scandal. I just think they lose a lot. JT Barrett, you know, that you have a guy that's a captain for three years and plays in four. Like, you don't easily replace that. Kind of the same thing with Baker. Even though I don't think JT was anywhere near Baker's level, it's just that's not easy to replace. I mean, they, they say the talent's there, but I could see them slipping up. Uh, Georgia, I don't think Georgia's going to make it back to the playoff. They're another team that's up in that top five. Um, uh, Chubb and Michelle, that, I mean, that's going to be really hard to replace. They'll, they'll be all right, but the defense, Roquan Smith's the guy that nobody's talking about that they're going to lose. Um that's going to be really, really hard to replace. And then kind of another one that I saw in the top 25 and literally laughed out loud, LSU, get out of here. Like, if you see LSU favored early on in the year against teams they shouldn't be, like, it, LSU's not going to be good. Their defense will be fine. It always is. Edward Geron Hire was an absolute train wreck. I mean, he's he's got Esminger, whatever the guy's name is, back as his offensive coordinator. I uh, hope you're ready for a lot of power run. I mean, this is the. I mean, it's the Les Miles era 2.0. It it's not going to work out. It's just all of this is is a matter of do they reset now or do they wait a year. Um, so LSU, I don't think LSU. I think six and six is the ceiling for them this year. I don't think they're very good. So that's a team that you can fade. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit more on the positive side. We kind of gave you some fading teams. As a general rule of thumb on my end, I don't bet on the Heisman Trophy. I think it's absurd. There's just way too many variables. Like Baker, you could kind of see coming last year, but the year before that, Derrick Henry, like nobody saw that coming. I'm an Alabama fan. Nobody saw that coming. Um, you just have too many of those. Like Marcus Mariota won it the year before. Then like I think Jameis was the year before that as a freshman came in and won it. Like you just, It's so hard to predict. But there's a lot of value to be had out there. So we'll give you some guys. I'm personally not going to bet on it, but if you're looking for it, I'm going to give you some guys, three guys that I'm going to look at. Jake Browning at Washington. Uh, regardless of what happens Saturday, I think Washington has a good chance to to make the college football playoff just because of the way their schedule shapes up. They don't have USC in the regular season. Uh, they would have, and I think they have Stanford at home. Um, so if Browning, you know, if Washington's sitting there at 12 and one, 13 and 0 at the end of the year. He's going to put up some good numbers just because he's he's one of those perennial JT Barrett kind of guys, like great college football quarterbacks, not going to do anything at the next level, but he's a guy you want in college football. Damian Harris at Alabama, he's going to be the lead back. They they want him to get the ball. They like He came back for his senior year. They want to reward him for that. I know there's a ton of talent behind him in Najee Harris, but Alabama's going to score an absolute ton of points. This is probably Saban's best offense since he's been here. Um so I think Damian Harris is another guy, and he's at plus 5,500, so that's incredible odds. And then Trace McSorley at Penn State, he's another one of those guys. He's kind of a little bit more of a favorite than the other two at plus 1,200. But, again, if Penn State's sitting there at 10-2, and 11-1 at the end of the year, McSorley's going to get a lot of play. They're going to hype up the fact that they lost Saquon, and McSorley picked up all the slack. So I think those are some guys. Boomer, you got anybody? 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I hate betting on the Heisman Trophy because it's just a total it's guessing game. It's a horse race. Yeah. Uh, the the main the main person if you're not going for value but just trying to go for a, a decent pick I would say Will Greer it kind of has that vibe of uh, RG three whenever he was at Baylor just kind of carrying that team didn't didn't get to the BCS national championship was just their entire team yeah. um, I think that I think they're going to be good I think he's got the weapons to do it. Uh, now, where it gets interesting is whenever you start looking kind of down the line, odds-wise, you try to get value, you try to get in front of this, you're going to do it before the season. Uh, obviously, somebody that I think has a chance to break out and is going to have the opportunity against high-profile teams and high-profile games is Nick Fitzgerald. He was absolutely awesome last year. I agree. Now, That's a good pick. He doesn't have Dan Mullen, but he does have uh, Joe Moorhead, who – that was might a home, have been home run higher, in my opinion. Yeah, he, I mean, the dude was the architect of Penn State last year, and you know, I, I've got some conflicting feelings about that going into this season because I'm kind of going to be on the fence with both teams. But I think Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, you know, he puts up a solid performance against Alabama. He beats an Auburn. He beats a LSU. Um, do they play Georgia this year again? I don't think so. I think they miss Georgia. Uh, uh, but you're getting 60 to one on him right now. Now all that takes is four good games, which he has the ability to do. He was red hot going into that bowl game and had one of the gnarliest injuries I've seen in a while uh, with his leg being bent. Yeah, that, was a, that was the egg ball. They said he's back, ready to go. So I think he, I think he's good. You're at least getting value at 60 to one right now, barring another injury. Um, I go with him, and then obviously I'm going to be heavy on Boston College. Uh, you mentioned earlier AJ Dillon. If Boston College makes a run, I'm I'm not saying that they're going to be in the in the playoff at all. But it's another one of those scenarios where this kid emerges. Nobody else is really there to take it. There's not going to be a Baker Mayfield out there. You get this guy at 60 to 1. He's going to break off several big games in the beginning of the year. You're getting value ahead of a time. And maybe someone else emerges kind of in the middle, but at least you're spreading the wealth out. Yeah, I think it's a good play. I mean, you're right. Boston College is sitting there at 10 and 2. Then that's a guy that's going to get some play. Um, all right. So this is kind of Heisman, some outlook guys. Um, Let's talk about some playoff teams. Last year, a little bit controversial with Ohio State and Alabama. So the playoff committee kind of proving that they value uh, your losses a little more than they do uh, maybe your wins, I guess you could say. Ohio State had the two losses, got blown blown out on the road at Iowa. Alabama's only loss was to Auburn on the road. And what was a pretty close game, but 26-14. but you know, so that's kind of something that we you got to take into account this year. But on that note, boom, who are your four playoff teams? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm gonna throw Clemson in there first, just because of uh, Kelly Bryant coming back. I mean, the team's pretty established; haven't really lost too much from last year. They're going to be there. They're going to have Miami. They're going to have Florida State. That's pretty much it to contend with. They don't have the opener at Auburn this year, so no chance for a bump in the road at the beginning. Not getting value, but at least they're going to be there. 
I'll throw Alabama in right now. I'm not as confident uh, this year as I was last year that they would not make the playoff, which I think we can both agree they probably should not have made the playoff with how everything played out. Um, then here's where I kind of have a hard time. I'm going to give out two Big Ten teams. I don't think both of them will go in. I don't think that they'll have two Big Ten teams in. But I'll throw out Michigan first just because I think Shea Patterson joining the team is a significant immediate boost on offense. They have the talent at the edges. They lost um, uh, their slot receiver for the year, I believe. But their defense may be the best in the country comparable to Alabama. Uh, Obviously, this is a huge weekend. Notre Dame, Michigan. I think whoever wins that game is on the fast track, obviously, to get in the playoffs. So I'll give you Michigan first. Then I'm looking for a little bit of value. And like I mentioned earlier, Penn State, you're getting 3,000 uh, plus 3,000 on to win the, the playoff. I think McSwirl is good. Uh, they, they've lost Moorhead. Definitely hurts. But I think the team altogether – will be cohesive. Uh, McSwirly is going to lead them there. No Saquon Barkley. But they do have a couple other guys that got some play in last year that can can carry the ball pretty well. Okay. So that's three. Who's your last one? Well, I, I would say Penn State and Michigan would be in there along with Clemson and Alabama. Okay. I missed Alabama. All right, so Clemson, Alabama, Penn State, and Michigan. Yeah, Alabama doesn't really need too much uh, discussion. Pretty right. much everybody that's just, listening is going to have Alabama in there. Just throw them in there. Yeah, they're in there. Um, all right, so I got I got two of yours, uh, Clemson and Alabama. Uh, cool. You mentioned Kelly Bryant at Clemson. That If Kelly Bryant is still the starter, by the time the playoff starts, Clemson will not be in the playoff. Trevor Lawrence, you get him in there. Kid could win a Heisman Trophy this year. He's that good. Um, so Clemson, at, uh, plus four hundred to win it all. Alabama, plus two twenty. Kind of by default, just throw them in there. Um, schedule shapes up really well with Alabama. Really, the only Mississippi State might be a tough test, but that's at home, and then Auburn at home, and whoever you get in the SEC championship game. Uh, you know, you kind of hit on them earlier. You you definitely didn't think anything about them. I've I've been so anti-Wisconsin for the past couple of years, but I've got them in the playoff this year, man. Um, and we, you hit on it earlier. That schedule, that division is so easy. And I think the way it breaks, I think they do play Michigan in the regular season, but I, I don't know. I think they could stand to lose that game this year and then still get to the playoff by winning the Big Ten Championship, they're not going to lose more than once in the regular season. I just don't see it. BYU, I think, is their uh, their uh, main like out-of-conference game this year. So I, I can just see it. Like last year, the way it broke, they were undefeated in the, SC, or the Big Ten Championship. Horny Brooks, another year old, uh, older, another, another year of experience. That offensive line is absurd. Like Jonathan Taylor's really good. The defense brings a lot of guys back. I just think that they're sitting there at that Big Ten championship game, maybe with one loss, but they get the win and are kind of in by default. And lastly, uh, Washington. And didn't love the pick, but 
I think that the Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever it is, Washington. I mean, I think that they can. They run the table in the Pac-12. I think uh, 12 and one or 13 and 0 is what they're going to be sitting at, at the end of the regular season. It, regardless of what happens this weekend at Auburn or against Auburn in Atlanta, Washington, if they're sitting there at 12 and one or 13 and 0, I think they'll sneak into the playoff as long as they don't get blown out this weekend. I don't think they will. I think it'll be a close game regardless. So I think if Washington can keep it close, runs the table in the Pac-12, they get in. So Washington, Wisconsin, Alabama, and Clemson are my four playoff teams. Yeah, I would throw in that Auburn definitely has the talent to yeah, make it into the sure. playoff, no, no doubt about it. At, but at Georgia, when at you, Alabama. When you look at the beginning uh, schedule right now with where the teams are ranked, that's a pretty damn daunting test. They have – four away games against top 18 AP opponents yep. this year. I mean, the, I, you couldn't ask for a harder schedule. No, I mean. All, all four are away. <laughs> literally, the Washington game is in Atlanta. That'll kind of be a home-and-home, home, but y'all haven't sold that place out yet, have you? Uh, I think it's sold out this week. It might be an official sellout, but you can still have chick- tickets for cheap. Um, but, I mean, that'll be a home game. Um, so, you know, give them credit there. Washington was sending tickets back. I saw that. But yeah, you're on the road at Georgia and at Alabama, both teams that you lost to or that you beat last year in Auburn. So, you know, both of those are going to and that's Washington at Georgia at Alabama. Who's going 3-0 in that? Like, I mean, I'm not saying that they have to, but Auburn always has a tough time with LSU. Mississippi State gives them fits. Um I don't know. Between those 5 games, I mean, you're right. I mean, Auburn's got the talent to do it, but that schedule is absurd. So, those are the playoff teams. Who's your champion? Um, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Michigan right now. I think, uh, let's see, where do you get Michigan at? Again, Plus 1,800. This is like a yearly tradition. Yeah, well, you know, if you, if you do the same thing every year, eventually it's going to hit. Not necessarily, no. Now, I'm not going to go with UCLA this year for uh, – Safe bet. Safe bet. Maybe wait a couple of years to see the Chip Kelly. We'll, we'll probably out. take the under a five and a half on them, though. Yeah, they're not going to be very good this year. Suspended six starters for the opener, might be more. But you're taking Michigan. I'm uh, I'm going to take Clemson. I know that sounds crazy and blasphemy. Uh, no, nah, man, that, that doesn't sound crazy at all. You're getting total value at plus four hundred right there. Yeah, I mean, it's I like Clemson. And I, like I said, it, it, it all depends on Trevor Lawrence. If Kelly Bryant's still the starting quarterback, then Clemson's not going to win the national championship. If they make the switch, and they've got to make it, they can't do an Alabama switch at halftime kind of deal. Um, they've got to do a, uh, you know, let Kelly Bryant come in. He's a senior. Let him get the ceremonial start the first couple weeks. Let him do his thing. Like you said, they don't have Auburn this year. I think they do have Texas A&M week two. That'll be a little bit of a test just because it's on the road. Kelly Kelly Bryant can get out of there unscathed, but but start working Trevor Lawrence in midseason because he's going to win you a national championship. He he's this he's that spark that Tua was off the bench for Alabama last year. He's really really good. Uh, true freshman. He's going to win a Heisman Trophy if he stays healthy while he's at Clemson uh, and probably be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft in three years. So I think Clemson, if they can get Trevor Lawrence in the lineup, will win the national championship this year. So that's uh, that's kind of the future outlook. And like you said, or like you always say, Boone, we're kind of a week-to-week podcast here. So let's get into it. Week one, college football season. Northwestern, Purdue, 
That's your Thursday night game. Um, usually we get a little bit more marquee Thursday night kickoff game, but this is going to be an exciting game. Not a lot of people think it, but Clayton Thorson over at uh, Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald make a hell of a combination. Jeff Brom scoring points on everybody at Purdue. Purdue's a one and a half point home favorite. Boom, who's your pick? I absolutely love Purdue. I was all over them uh, last year. I, they're they're still working with that uh, that dual quarterback system, which I think will benefit them for doing it a second year. Northwestern, you know, they've been getting love. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've never really been a big Northwestern guy. I never have really had them, so there's a special place in my heart for uh, for Purdue this year. Broham, um, Brom, Brom, whatever. Didn't go to Tennessee. Just a big old slap across. The that face. was hilarious. <laughs> he thinks he, he obviously likes what he has uh, there in Purdue because he would have had unlimited funds in Tennessee. So I'm I'm taking definitely taking the uh, plus one and a half here at that Purdue. I'll be all over that tomorrow night. Okay. Speaking of Tennessee, kind of reminded me a little bit. Shout out to our big uh, biggest fan, Thomas. Enjoy your honeymoon, my friend. But um, Big fan of the show. I'd like to give a shout-out there. But, yeah, I'm with you tomorrow night, Purdue, minus one and a half at home. Uh, Jeff Brom, he's going to score some points. And Northwestern, they've been getting a little love, you're right, but I think they deserve it. Um, they've got a quarterback who could go in the first round if, if everything breaks right. But Purdue, they're going to score on anyone. Uh, Brom got them to a bowl game last year, won a bowl game last year. He's, like you said, turned down Purdue – or turned down Tennessee – to stay at Purdue, let that pretty much pretty much would have turned down Alabama too. To say there, uh, we'll see. Uh, let's see. Um, let, you know, let that sink in though. He he turned down Tennessee for this. He thinks he's got. I mean, he's got to think he's got to have something coming back, or he would have jumped ship. Purdue minus one and a half at home on Thursday night football. Even if they don't have the rowdiest fans in the world, they'll get out for this. Um, next, that, game, that line also that line also started at three and a half and just skyrocketed down to one for. Unknown reasons other than the public just uh, thinking that Northwestern is going to be a sleeper this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, as we've learned, don't trust the public on anything. Um, next up, we've got Florida Atlantic at Oklahoma, the Fighting Lane Kiffins. They are traveling to Oklahoma. They're 21-point road underdogs. A little surprised by that line. Boom, were you? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for the uh, co-ed uh, co Messiah down there in Boca Raton. He uh, is, is a fan favorite, especially of mine. I um, think this guy wants nothing more than to make a statement in Norman, Oklahoma. See, he, uh, can, he can coast on this the whole year, right? Oh, yeah. Like, and, if he were to pull this off, it doesn't matter. Like, if he goes 6-6, six and six, he's got this win. Well, as much as much of a shit talker as he is, I mean, if nothing else, he's going to put up a bunch of points here. The 21 points is is a lot. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and go with the over of 72. I think FAU's defense um, is going to be pretty much a sieve out there, just leaking touchdowns on every drive. See this being potentially a uh, 52-30 kind of game. Okay. I think it does, it doesn't come close to the 72 total on this. So you're taking the under? Taking the over. The over, okay. 
All right, so over 72, FAU, Oklahoma. Um, I'm taking Florida Atlantic at plus 21. You can't give Lane Kiffin 21 points. Uh, Oklahoma, we hit on a little earlier. Baker's gone. A little bit of a transition period for them. They're still going to be really good, but it's going to take them a little while to get to where they were. Florida Atlantic won 11 games last year. I don't care who you are. If you won 11 games in college football, like it, it, it's not that easy. You shouldn't be 21-point road dogs in week one. When I saw the line, I was a little hesitant because I figured the public would be all over Florida Atlantic because the public probably loves Lane, but apparently not. They were um, they were pretty well and down on uh, on Oklahoma, so I'm going to roll with the, the fight owls here. Give me the 21. I think Lane, even if it is a 24-point uh, game or so, He'll punch that last touchdown. He's very cognizant of what the uh, what the spread is in any given game, and he'll make sure his team's on the right side of it. So next up, it's probably the game of the day. Uh, it's Auburn minus two in the hook versus Washington. It's in Atlanta. Probably going to be a little bit of a home field advantage for Auburn in this one. Uh, Boomer, you going? Yeah, I'll be there. Be there. Uh, you know, hopefully to not watch uh, disappointment in the season be ruined. First right. down. Don't want three straight losses in that building. What's your take? Who are you picking? Well, uh, obviously, done a lot of uh, research on Auburn this year, and actually have done a lot of research on Washington over the past several years. I was uh, all about Jake Browning a couple of years ago, up and coming guy. Definitely got some nice covers for him. The problem right here is that Alabama. I think we both or uh, Auburn. I think we both agree has the best defensive line in college football. No, they have. I, we would not agree on that. It's Clemson, and they probably have the best defensive line in the history of college football. Uh, Auburn potentially has three All-Americans on their defensive line. And Clemson has so, four and four first-rounders. So, regardless of your homerism right there. Clemson? Coming out. Uh, no, your hatred for Auburn. You just can't get past it at times. Auburn's it's okay. got the, the second-best defensive line in the country. I'll give him that. Clemson <laughs> has the all-time best. But anyways, go ahead. It's okay. I'll look past this. You're a flawed human being. Problem with the Auburn's defensive line is they're extremely aggressive and have tendencies to overrun plays. What that equates to is Washington under Peterson – is going to be practicing nothing but screen passes, delayed handoffs, swing routes, quick quick slants. Now, potentially the defensive backfield of Auburn can keep up athletically with the receivers. You just got to watch in the beginning. If Auburn is overrunning those plays, then you're going to have Miles Gaskin breaking off 20 and 30 yard rushes and catches. So I think Stidham, Jake Browning, pretty equal playing field. Washington's defense returning everybody except for uh, that defensive ta- tackle that was the first rounder last yeah, year. Is Vita that right? Vay. Yeah, Vita Vay, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone, but they're returning everybody else. I think that Auburn on the edges at wide receiver is very underrated right now. Um, two and a half. I, I see this game more as a pick but – with that being said, I'm going to go with Auburn at the two and a half. It's going to be a touchdown game either way, I think. Touchdown game either way, you say? Yeah. Okay. Not too many field goals in this one. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of conflicted on this. Two and a half, I'm going to buy the hook, and I'm going to take Washington. 
plus three, just because, like I said, I've got Washington as a playoff team, regardless of whether they – I mean, I, I could see Auburn coming out on top, 21-20, you know, something like that, um, 24-23. But the thing you got to remember about Auburn is the offensive line is – it's going to be a work in progress. Like, like you said, their defensive line, their front seven is – top three in the country. Um, their defensive backs, a little shaky, but I think they've got enough athletes out there. Browning's not really a down-the-field kind of guy. He's not going to exploit that. You're going to see a lot of screens with Gaskin trying to move the ball. You'll see what Georgia did a lot in the SEC Championship with Chubb and Michelle, just kind of screen routes, wheel routes, like nothing crazy. They're not going to go for deep balls. Um, but I think that, Auburn's offensive line is going to struggle at first, but they'll find their footing a little bit in the second half. Uh, Stidham coming back is a big deal. Um, but Auburn's offense, they never really come out of the gate firing on all cylinders. It usually takes a couple weeks for Gus to find his identity, find what he wants to do. It's like I heard a coworker talking about today, actually. He's like, you know, as long as Gus just keeps his stupid tricks in his bag, like, you know, He's like, this is the first game of the year. Always seems to be when he breaks out the dumbest stuff. Um, he's like, as long as he does that, I think we'll be fine. So as long as Gus doesn't try to overcoach him, I think Auburn probably gets out with a victory. But you're giving me three points on a potential playoff team. I'm going to take it. So Washington plus three is my pick. Uh, next up, we got the Belk Classic, baby. The Belk Bowl now has a regular season week one matchup. It's Tennessee plus 10 versus West Virginia. Take me home. All the way to Charlotte. Uh, take me home and take the points. Jesus. I mean, give me the whatever you got to do. West Virginia minus 10 all day of the week. Tennessee dumpster fire. Uh, J- or Jeremy Pruitt. I don't, I don't really know much about the hire. I mean, I'm an Alabama guy. I'm, Jeremy's from the same area I am. Um, I, I don't know if, if I like it or if I don't. I think it's fine. Like, I think if you want to go 8-4, and 9-3, that's probably your guy. I don't think he's ever going to win a national championship. I don't know they're going to give him enough time because the roster that Butch left behind is so dreadful um, that I don't know they're going to do anything. I think West Virginia wins this by 21, 24 or more. Boom, who's your pick? Yep, I agree. Jeremy Pruitt uh, is definitely going to have to show me something that he is a capable head coach for any kind of, uh, any kind of program. I mean, shit, he was coaching as a defensive back coordinator in North Alabama within the past 15 years. So right. I don't know how many people, uh, have his, watched, his, uh, his dad is our high school alma mater's head coach. I mean, like, and he's, yeah, so I, I would, I would just have everybody go watch, um, a clip from the old MTV show two a days where Jeremy Pruitt is taken out and wined and dined by, uh, a high school football booster, and um, the poor bastard doesn't know what asparagus is and has never seen that consumed by a human being. I, I I'm think not, Saturday, I'm also not he's going to not know what football oh, is. Let's take a timeout from that. I'm not buying that. Uh, he's from DeKalb County, and, like, yeah, they know what asparagus is up there, right? Well, I mean, maybe maybe he had a lapse in, uh, in judgment for being on TV, but I think he's going to have uh, several of those brain farts on Saturday while Will Greer is just air-raiding it out yeah, Will up Greer, and down the field in his face. Will Greer and David Stills. How is this 10? And 
I was shocked when I first saw it. I was like, all right, well, the public's going to be all over West Virginia. No, they're on Tennessee. I guess it's because of the SEC bias a little bit, but Tennessee is not going to be very good this year. And West Virginia, I think, like you said, they've got a chance to win the Big Ten. I would have picked them, but, you know, there's too much. Um, I think there's way too much fanfare on them, and they tend, they're kind of like Auburn. Auburn doesn't do great when there's a lot of hype around them at the beginning of the season. West Virginia, kind of similar, but I still think they roll in this one. Tennessee, I mean, they're just not good. They're not very good at all, but we'll see on Saturday on that one. Uh, next up, we got under the lights. Michigan plus one at Notre Dame. Uh, boom, you might have tipped your hand a little bit earlier when you picked your national championship, but who you got? Yeah, I mean, you know, even though it's in South Bend, I think Harbaugh has just been listening to critics the entire year, um, especially that uh, reporter, we'll call him Slappy for now, that uh, gave him the hard question of, <laughs> if you finish third place, third place, and fourth place, what's your plan moving forward? I think that that really uh, that was great. set fire inside of him. So. Bringing in Shea Patterson, great, great, just underhanded recruiting move by Harbaugh. Their defense, like I said, is going to be one of the best in the country. If they have uh, athletes all over the place, I'm not a big Wimbush guy. Um, no, I'm not either. We'll see. Uh, you know, he could come out and be great. He played great at the beginning of last year, but he doesn't have Adams in the backfield with him this year. Some people are saying uh, Notre Dame's defense is underrated. Not me personally. I have never been a big fan of any Notre Dame defense going back all the way to uh, Manti Teo's Invisible Girlfriend. They lost their defense coordinator, too. What's that? They lost their defensive coordinator, too. Yeah, so Brian Kelly, I mean, I do not think he is a capable head coach still. I think he's gotten a hell of a lot more leeway than he deserves. Um, But I think Michigan – ends up winning this game, puts them on fast track to go to the playoffs. Yep, I'm with you. I got Michigan as well. Um, I'm not a, I'm not sold on Notre Dame. Last year, you saw, like, when they faced adversity at Miami, I mean, they just absolutely crumbled. Miami beat the hell out of them. We saw later in the year Miami wasn't that good. Notre Dame, I mean, they returned a lot of the same guys, but how good are those guys? Michigan returns – I think they return more starters than anybody in the country at, like, 19, something crazy. And then you factor in Shea Patterson, who's not one of those guys. Um, I think Michigan wins this by a touchdown or so. Um, Notre Dame, I mean, they'll be fine, I guess. They'll go 9-3, and 8-4, and four, you know, typical Brian Kelly, Notre Dame way. But, you know, Wimbush isn't that great. Last year, you, you saw with Georgia – Jake Fromm's first start as a college football quarterback at the age of 18 goes in and wins. I mean, it was a testy game, I guess. But, you know, they went in and beat Notre Dame in his first collegiate start. You know, everybody was like, ah, you know, Notre Dame held tough at home against the runner-up in the national championship game. But you also have to factor in, like like I said, an 18-year-old kid making his first start on the road at Notre Dame. It's not that daunting of a place to play. It's kind of like Boomer always says with Jerry World and Dallas. It's doctors and lawyers. Um, a lot of Catholic doctors and lawyers out there. It's not that crazy of an environment. Uh, I, I like Michigan. I think Michigan wins outright. Take the money. Yeah, we- Weird line movement on this one. I think the Oddsmakers threw up a bad line initially this summer. They had uh, Notre Dame minus seven. Uh, obviously, public appeal over the past month or so actually threw that line to Michigan minus five. Now it's corrected a bit and come back more to the mean of Michigan uh, plus one. But 
the line's been all over the place. I think that public perception of this is kind of on both sides. So you're not really going to really get an edge on this game, I'll say. But I will definitely be on Michigan whenever the ball gets kicked off. I'm with you. All right, next up, we've got Alabama minus 24 in the hook against Louisville. This game is in Orlando. Um, You know, Alabama, like I said, coming off the national championship, replacing a lot on defense, though. Uh, quarterback battle offspring, I can go ahead and tell you, it's going to be two. Jalen might get a ceremonious first snap, just, you know, kind of a thank you for the program. But two is the guy. Um, 24 on the hook. Boom. What, what do you got here? Yeah, not much. I'm not going to waste people's time. I'm just going to go ahead and take the over. Uh, I believe 62 and a half yep. last time I saw. Yep, 62 um, I think that obviously Tua and Jalen Hurts, you kind of got that mindset they're going to be competing a little bit whenever they're both on the field. Right. I think uh, Louisville will be able to score, you know, anywhere from 14 to 21 points, which will yep. be right there. I, I think Alabama definitely gets in the 42 range in this game. Going to be super boring. Can't believe that uh, they put it as a primetime game. Yeah, I'm still shocked that they picked this over Auburn-Washington. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I like the over in this game a lot, too. If I had to pick a side, I guess I'd go Louisville. It kind of reminds me of that West Virginia game a couple years ago. You know, Alabama was returning as a national champs, but they had a lot of, uh, you know, kind of – I don't know, a lot of shoes to fill, a lot of holes to fill. Um, it took them a little bit, and that was with Clint Trickett, or Clint Trickett, Kevin White. They kind of picked Alabama apart a little bit. The secondary for Alabama is not going to be great from the start of the year. Probably going to start a true freshman in Patrick Sartain. Um, going to start another transfer from LSU or went to JUCO, then came back. Um, so there's going to be a little bit, like you said, 21. I could see Louisville putting up as much as 24 in garbage time. You know Petrino is going to try to get as many points on the board as he can. If there's four minutes left in the game and they're getting beat by 28, he's going to do everything he can to go out and score. So I think the over is safe in this one. I wouldn't touch a side. If I had to pick a side, I would pick Louisville, but I'm with you. I'm on the, I'm on the over just because Petrino's an asshole. He's not going to want to get covered on, but he, he will run up the score as much as he can. All right, next up we've got uh, Sunday night football. So no NFL this week. Starts next week, so the college gets the whole weekend. The Sunday night game is Miami minus three and a half versus LSU. This one's in Cowboy Stadium, Jerry World. Who you like here, Ben? Are you sure it's in Cowboy Stadium? Is it not? It's if it's not. I, the same... I thought it was in. I thought it was in Death Valley, but I might be wrong. About no, that. it's it's a neutral site game. It's if it's not in Cowboy Stadium, it's in uh or, or it's in Houston. Okay, well, I mean, I'm leaning towards LSU. I know that Miami's going to be a really hot, trendy pick this year for them to win the ACC. You know, Odron, he's definitely on the hot seat. Yep. Definitely going to be his last year if he to, loses this game and a handful of other ones. To confirm, it is, that, it is in Jerry World. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think that they have the talent after what happened last year. I mean – Snuck up on Auburn. That shouldn't have been a win. But they have the pieces there like they always do. I think that they're going to play their heart out. You know, it's kind of like athleticism on athleticism with these two teams playing against each other. Uh, LSU's going to travel to this game if it's in Texas. Uh, Will Miami fans? Probably not. So you have a bunch of damn drunk Cajuns in Texas. Half of them will not get arrested and make it into the stadium. So I think it's going to be allowed in there. I'll, I'll go ahead and take the points. 
Okay. Three and a half. Uh, I'm going to take Miami. I kind of hit on this earlier. I don't think LSU is very good. I think this is six and six, and this is just a matter of do we reset now or wait another year and fire the AD this year in terms of Orgeron. Um, I think Miami's going to be pretty good. I think they're going to give Clemson the best run in the ACC. Florida State's going to be good in the next year or two, but it's going to take Taggart a little bit to get his guys in there and implement a system. So I think Miami makes a run. I think Miami wins this by about a touchdown or so. Give me 27-20 Miami minus 3.5 on Sunday night. And the final game of the weekend, Virginia Tech. It's going up to 7.5 versus Florida State that we just talked about. Um, it's in Tallahassee. It's a Monday night game. It's going to be a lot of fun. ESPN's doing their big mega cast where they have like 18 different broadcasts of the game all over it. You're going to be coming down from a hell of a hangover from the weekend. You're just going to watch this game. You're probably going to watch the first half on your couch, the second half in bed as you get ready for the week on Tuesday. It's going to be great. Love this game every year. Who you got in this one, man? Yeah, I mean, I already talked about it a little bit, so I'll be brief. Uh, Love Florida State here. I think that Virginia Tech is hanging their hat way too much on Josh Jackson. I'm not a huge uh, fan. I I think he's a a fine quarterback. He's not somebody that's going to lead the team. Uh, Willie Taggart coming in, I think the offense kind of moves seamlessly with him, with this kind of talent they have there. Francois, obviously everybody saw how he played last year. He's got pretty much fresh legs after sitting out the entire season. He's going to be lighting it up. I, I don't see Virginia Tech scoring a whole, whole lot, so I have no problem keeping the seven there. All right. I am uh, I'm going to fade you on this one as well. I like I like Virginia Tech getting seven and a half here. For six and a half, I might think a little bit different, but seven and a half, I mean, I think Taggart's going to do everything he can to get a win. Uh, well, I, I saw seven. I yeah. don't know what sports book you're getting ripped off from. Nah, this, is Bovada, man. this is Bovada, man. This is I went to seven and a half. Um, yep, it's currently seven and a half. But well, I will be I will be betting on a sports book that's showing seven. So just to make that clear. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm I'm going to take the seven and a half. Virginia Tech, uh, Fuente, Jackson. That's a good combination. Uh, Fuente's a really good coach, I think, and um, I think he can game plan a little. But he's been there longer. He's got a time to implement a system and get his players in there. They know what's expected. Florida State, Taggart, you know, they're coming off a seven and six season where they lost Francois in the opener. They're still really good. Don't I mean don't get, you know blinded by that seven and six record, but I, I think they're gonna struggle a little bit out of the gate. It's gonna take them a little time to get uh Taggart's Taggart system in play. But uh money line could be in play here, but I'm definitely gonna take the seven and a half to be safe. So that's our scheduled games. Um lots of good w- action this weekend. A lot of good action next weekend as well. Obviously, we'll get to that with the NFL. But we like to open it up to some tweets, um, some Twitter questions. You know, y'all follow us at Deep Fried Bets on Twitter, Instagram. We're on Facebook. But our main interaction comes through Twitter. Um, so we had last five sports, uh, last five games ask us a question. thought it was pretty good. He said, is SBF 50 high enough in this heat or should he up it at 75? Boomer, you're a particularly pasty person. What did you think about this? Uh, I totally zoned out right there. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the people, so uh, you love I the people. Care about their questions, but uh, what was the question again? You love the people, but uh, last five games was to know: Is SPF 50 high enough in this heat, or should he up it to 75? And I said, uh, 70, you, 75. You got to you got to get some kind of a of a nice base tan. Go ahead and throw that 50 on there. Maybe uh, lather it up two times throughout the uh, eight hour trip outside maybe good ratio is is about 
eight beers to nine beers for every sunscreen apply. Yeah, we uh we endured a beach trip together a couple weeks ago, and you definitely don't skimp on the sunscreen, which you can't, I guess, in your situation. I, I don't I don't skip on the uh, white claws either. White claws, man, a lot of those are consumed. A couple of buckets of alcohol too. Um, anyway, so all right, that's our Twitter question of the week. Y'all be sure to, to follow us and let us let us hear what you got to ask. Um, so let's talk about it. Like I said, the vault. This is what we get to every week. It's our five favorite kind of off the board games, games that we haven't picked. Viren, what's your vault looking like this week? Well, I'm going to go ahead and start it out with uh, something that is very unlike me, and I'm going to take the Ohio State Buckeyes minus 38. I hate doing this, but every year, the beginning of the season, there's always more blowouts than there's not. I'm going to go ahead and err on the odd side. I think that Oregon State is by far the worst uh, team in the Power Five conferences. No chance that this is even close, and uh, Haskin wants to go ahead and make a name for himself. Then I'm going to take it down to Tennessee, going with Vandy minus three, another favorite. But public's all over the road dog in uh, Middle Tennessee State. I think that Kyle Shermer, another year underneath him, Derek Mason, must-win situation. No questions asked. Line's already come down from six. Definitely getting value there. Taking it to the West Coast next. Going with UNLV currently at 26.5, probably going to run up to 28 against USC. Touched on a little bit earlier. I'm going to take a team that is playing against a – is he 17 or 18 or 16? He's 17. <laughs> yeah. I'm with, there's some grown-ass men on the other side of the ball, and I'm getting 26.5 points currently. Wait till game time. You're going to get more there. Stay in on the West Coast. Do it every year. Going with the Cal Golden Bears. Underrated team this year. You're going to have to give up seven points against North Carolina, but North Carolina has given up about 25 players in the game, so you don't really have to worry about too much competition. Then I'm going to leave it for all the degenerate gamblers right here with a good old chaser game at 11 p.m. on Saturday night. Taking Navy. Taking Navy, minus 10. Minus 10. Huge, huge, huge fan of the service, of the servicemen, men and women. Go with them every year. Huge supporter. Support the troops. Take Navy. Fill up that bank account. Okay. Navy minus 10. UNLV plus 26 on the hook. Cal minus 7. Vandy minus 3. And Ohio State minus 38. Ohio State is a little surprising for you, but oh well. All right, here's what I've got. I've got Appalachian State plus 24 against Penn State. Scott Scott, Scatter, Scott Satterfield, there we go. That's a tongue twister there at Appalachian State. He's a good coach. Uh, he's going to be somewhere else in the next year or two, the Power 5 program. Um, it's going to take a little bit for Penn State to kind of adjust without or without Saquon and without Joe Moorhead. Uh, give me Appalachian State plus 24 on the road there. Next up, we got Maryland. Maryland is taking on Texas. Maryland beat Texas last year in Texas. Um, Texas is going to be better this year. Herman, is uh, he's a good coach. He's getting his guys in there. They'll be on the rise. But I'm getting 13 and a half. I'm going to buy it to 14 to be safe. Um, I'm getting Maryland there. A lot is probably uh, the public's all over Texas, like absolutely crushing Texas. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the, uh, you know, the scandal at Maryland. For the record, Durkin's got to go. You get the hell out of here. Uh, but Matt Canada, 
capable coach. Uh, I think he got the raw end of the shaft down at LSU. Uh, so give me 14 there in Maryland. Next, Wake and Tulsa. A little Thursday night action for you. We're going over 57. Dave Clawson's going to put up some points. Tulsa's always going to put up some points. Over 57 Thursday night, Wake and Tulsa. Next up, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's taking on the Chip Kellys, getting 14 in the hook. They've suspended six starters, UCLA has, for Saturday. It's going to take, if you remember, uh, it's going to take a little bit because if you remember, Chip Kelly's first game against at Oregon was against Boise State. They got ran out of the building by Boise State. I mean, it was like 18-6. to six. Not really a ran out of the building. It was utter domination. And then LeGarrette Blunt punched someone after the game. That was Chip Kelly's first game at Oregon. It's going to take a little while to get this thing going. I think that uh, Cincinnati plus 14.5. Look for maybe a money line. I don't know. And then next up, we get an FIU plus 9 in the hook at home against Indiana. Uh, Indiana has kind of had a little falling out. Not a huge fan of them this year. FIU, not quite the FAU train this year, but I think that Butch Davis kind of has them going in the right direction. He's recruiting a lot of local kids down there in Miami. They'll be a lot better this year, so give me FIU. Minus or plus nine and a half against Indiana at home. All right, so that's our vaults. Those are good and dandy, and everybody likes the vault. But now it's time for your favorite part of the week. It's been nine months since you heard this, but we're not going to make you wait any longer. It's time for the Stone Cold Steve Austin Lock of the Week. Nothing gets you quiet like that music, does it? Hell no, man. Gets me ready just to get college football going on. And damn it, get that bank account filled up because all I've been doing is filling it up with horse racing bets the past couple of We're months. crushing cold beers. We're filling up bank accounts. And who are you taking to give us there, Boone? Well, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the friendly Troy Trojans of Southern Alabama. They've got Boise State rolling in. Somehow they talk Boise State into coming in the middle of nowhere. They got the whole team coming back. I, you know, they're my favorite for uh, Dark Horse in the, in the fun belt. Get them at a plus 140 to win the fun belt this year. So getting 10 and a half right now, I think that that's where it's going to stay until game time, and I think that that's going to be free money. What's the old saying, Boom? Great minds. They do think alike. They do think alike. And, you know, this hasn't happened very often. This is our fourth year of the Deep Fried Bets podcast, and I don't think our Deep Fried or our Stone Cold Steve Austin Lock of the Week have a line but two or three times. And it seems to be a pretty big money play. And guess what, folks? They just aligned again. Troy plus 10 is my Stone Cold Steve Austin Lock of the Week. Like you said, I think Troy wins this game outright. Um, Neil Damn, Brown. you must have came into this totally unfair right no. there. You had to steal my pick. No, not quite, man. Not quite. This has been lurking in the distance for quite some time. Neil Brown's the next. Uh, he's the next big guy. He's the next group of five head coach that uh, that gets a lot of play. Uh, he won. He's won ten games at Troy. You don't do that. That's not easy. Uh, like, he almost got that Arizona job last year. Yeah, I mean Troy's like what the fifth biggest program in this state. Uh, I would put Jacksonville State ahead of Troy in terms of popularity and like kids wanting to go play there. I mean, he's done a hell of a job. They're they're getting him at home. You know, they might could fill it up just the appeal of Boise State. Hey, Boise State's done some stuff. Maybe they'll get some fans out there at the, at the Troy Dome. Uh, I don't really know what their um, you know fan situation is looking like in terms of attendance, but 
They'll be out there for Boise State. They, yeah. You know, they're just now hearing about Boise State. At home, plus 10 or 10 and a half in your book, uh, let's, let's take it. All day of the week, Troy Trojan, Stone Cold Steve Lawson, lock of the week. Yeah, super uh, super weird line movement with the tickets on this one. Just it, it's this is an outlier for the weekend right here for sure. Yep, and the public's also all over uh, Boise State as they usually are. So this this should be an easy play. All right, so that's it, folks. That's all we got this week. That was Chapter Four Point One of the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. We'll be back next week. We got the NFL coming up. More college football week two. Uh, hopefully we have some good guests on to kind of break down week two of the college football season. Be sure to follow us. Help us spread the word that we're back. You know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're all over the place. Boone, what are you going to send us off into the weekend with? Well, you know, I, I'll just go ahead and say that you can't win money that you don't bet. And for everybody that's out there that's uh, there played poker, you'll notice the winner of the hand always celebrates. The loser always says deal. Never say deal. Okay. Never say deal. That's the motto for this year. And that's the motto for this weekend. We're making lots of money. It's the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. We hope you'll come back and check us out next week.